Welcome to Earth Matters. I'm Michaela Stubbs. On the 5th of November, a catastrophic failure of a tailings dam at the Brazilian San Marco iron ore mine caused Brazil's largest ecological disaster and possibly the biggest tailings spill in the world. The rupture in the dam unleashed a deadly mudslide that has travelled almost 500 kilometres, killing 17 people, destroying 11 villages and pushing toxic sludge down Brazil's Doce River headed towards the ocean. The mine is jointly owned 50-50 by Vale and BHP Billiton. And whilst BHP Billiton like to claim they are committed to the highest level of safety and demonstrate world's best practice at their operations around the world, the San Marco disaster is just the latest in a long line of toxic legacies, environmental and human rights abuses that are occurring at their mine sites all around the world. Today on Earth Matters, we'll be hearing about some of those issues being raised by community campaigners at the company's annual general meetings over the last month. BHP Billiton was formed in 2001 when Australian company Broken Hill Proprietary joined with Anglo-Dutch company Billiton, forming one of the largest mining companies in the world and one of the greatest corporate polluters of all time. The company, which has its global headquarters in Melbourne, is dual-listed on the London Stock Exchange and Australian Securities Exchange, and therefore has two annual general meetings in Australia and the UK. First up, we'll hear from the London AGM on the 22nd of October. We'll hear from Nemekene Tundama, Bron and Hilberto Torre Martinez, recorded at the demonstration outside the meeting. And please excuse some background noise as it was a really windy day. And then we'll hear a report from inside the meeting from London Mining Network's Richard Solly and Andy Whitmore. My name is Nemekene Tundama. I'm originally from what's called Colombia now. Um, And I'm here today because a few of my fellow... um, countrymen have come to speak at the AGM here and and yeah I want to support them because I I support their struggle against large corporations that loot our land and that exploit our people and so I'm going to be here supporting them and I'm, I'm aware that they're going to be asking questions to the directors and stuff so I support their, their yeah. And do you know what sort of things they're going to be asking? Yeah, they're, they're actually going to be um, pointing out and exposing the, um, the effects of their corporations on, on the land in the Cerrejón mine in Colombia, which has it's, it's had devastating effects on, on the environment. And also the, they'll be talking about the exploitation of the labourers in the mine as well. Uh, so they'll be asking the directors to, and the shareholders also, you know, to, to think about these things and to maybe do something about it. Yeah, cool. And do you work with a particular group here to... Uh, yes, to some of us are part of a uh, Latin American young people's political activist group called Movimiento Jaguar Despierto, MJD. And yeah, we, we are, we're always involved in political, political actions. Outside the BHP Billiton AGM in London, and we've just been protesting um, 
board for two reasons. Firstly, we're calling on investors to join the divestment movement and to recognise that fossil fuels are a thing of the past. And secondly, we're standing in solidarity with Colombians who are directly affected by coal mining. Did you get any responses from shareholders going into the meeting? Yeah, I think actually I was handing out flyers about divestment and they were definitely interested in that issue um, and wanted to read about what we had to say. And we had someone acting as a stranded coal executive um, desperately trying to sell coal to people and bueno, mi nombre es Gilberto Torre Martínez, soy dirigente sindical del mayor sindicato que tiene Colombia, el sindicato petrolero, la Unión Sindical Obrera Uso. Um, my name is Gilberto Torres Martinez. I'm here today. I'm a union leader from Colombia. I'm a union leader from one of the biggest unions of Colombia, um, the Union of the Oil Workers of Colombia, the Uso Union. Hoy nos encontramos aquí en Londres y en especial en el Reino Unido, eh, haciendo una gira de sensibilización eh, de cara a las violaciones a los derechos humanos que empresas multinacionales británicas están generando en Colombia. Um, we're here in London, in the United Kingdom, as part of uh, an awareness-raising tour of the UK. Um, we're trying to raise awareness about the human rights violations perpetrated by British multinational companies in Colombia. Esto eh, ha generado, como decía, un proceso de desplazamiento, un proceso de asesinatos, un proceso de eh, violaciones sistemáticas a comunidades indígenas, a comunidades campesinas, a comunidades en las zonas donde están los recursos mineroenergéticos. Um, this has caused, these companies have caused um, um, a process of series of displacement, series of murders, a series of numerous abuses committed against indigenous populations, particularly that are located in areas that are of great um, value in terms of fossil fuels and natural resources. Richard, can you tell me a little bit about your work with the London Mining Network and and more broadly about who London Mining Network is? Yeah, well, I'm coordinator of London Mining Network and London Mining Network is an alliance of 31 different organisations, uh, 19 of which are full members and 12 associate members of all different sizes and interests. But what unites us is concern about the impacts of London-based and London-funded mining companies around the world and our desire to be in solidarity with communities who are suffering as a direct result of the operations of those companies. So that's often communities who are trying to stop a mine being constructed in the first place or communities who've lost their livelihoods because of mining operations and are trying to get some kind of justice, including perhaps just relocation arrangements for their communities, or with workers who are trying to get better conditions, often, in fact, workers working in solidarity with the communities who are suffering because of the mine. And it's always helpful when 
workers and communities are in unity with one another because it makes the, the pressure on the offending companies greater. And the way we work is we try to publicise what's going on here, uh, especially we try to bring uh, representatives of affected communities to Britain, particularly around the times of company annual general meetings. And we work with certain parliamentarians to get questions raised in Parliament. We meet with investors to try and get them to put pressure on the companies or pull out if necessary, and generally try to raise awareness about what's going on. Excellent. And so just a few weeks ago now, you were at the BHP Billiton Annual General Meeting. And can you tell me about what was involved with your presence there? Well, the, the, the main thing was we had two visitors from Colombia, um, one from Sensat Aguaviva, which is Friends of Colombia, and the other from uh, communities affected by the Cerrejon coal mine in La Guajira in the north of Colombia, which BHP Billiton owns one-third of. And um, Danilo Urea from Sensat and Samuel Arigoses from the commu- displaced community of Tobacco, uh, which was demolished to make way for mine expansion. They both spoke in the AGM and they talked about the appalling environmental and social impacts of the Serechon mine, uh, which is really uh, topical at the moment because one of the issues with this appalling um, mine tailings dam spill in in, um, Brazil is that BHP Billiton is saying that they didn't control that operating company because they only own 50% of it. And they've said in their communication since the the dam spilled that they're concerned about other similar operations where they're involved, but no multinational company on its own uh, controls the operation. And they pointed to Antamina in Peru and also to Serejon in Colombia. So one of the issues that keeps coming up around Serejon, which was repeated at the BHP Billiton AGM in London, is that all these concerns are repeatedly brought to the multinational owners, BHP Billiton, Anglo-American and Glencore, and they all say, oh, well, we only own one-third of this mine, so we can't control what goes on there, but they undertake to speak to the management of the mine, and um, it's like wading through treacle trying to get real meaningful change made. Mm. So given that, and you obviously had the experience of attending these meetings over many years. Where do you think the greatest value in engaging with the AGMs is? Well, it makes for uh, a fair amount of pressure on the board. I mean, we've, we've heard before, specifically around the Serechon coal mine, we've heard from the um, boards of Anglo-American and BHP Billiton, as well as from community members on the ground, that uh, making interventions at company AGMs does make an impact. Anglo-American's former chair, Sir Mark Moody Stewart, once said publicly that Serehon Coal had uh, improved its community relations and its behaviour on the ground because of the pressure that gets put on the owning companies at their annual general meetings. And members of the communities affected by Serechon Coal have told us that when we 
do these kind of things in London that for a while afterwards the local management starts behaving better. So it's worth doing for that reason. It's also worth turning up because we raise numerous issues. For instance, at, at this London AGM of BHP Billiton, uh, friends of ours also talked about the company's Indomet project in central Kalimantan in Indonesia. And uh, we also raised the issue of climate change and numerous other uh, shareholders also spoke about climate change. We also raised the issue of the Oak Flat Copper Mine in Arizona, where BHP Billiton is a minority partner to uh, Rio Tinto in Resolution Copper, which is really in the process of violating Apache land rights because uh, the, the mine is to be constructed in an area sacred to the Apache. Uh, a colleague also raised the issue of Olympic Dam uranium mine in South Australia. So lots of issues were raised. And in fact, we when we do turn up to mining company AGMs, it tends to be the concerns that we bring about community rights, worker rights, environmental impacts that dominate the AGM. So it creates pressure on the board at the AGM because it's a semi-public event. It's happening in front of shareholder representatives and it's noted by people in the press. Uh, with BHP Billiton, it doesn't so much get covered by the British press, but it does get covered by the Australian press, even when it's the, the British uh, AGM. So we think it's worth doing as part of a general uh, overall campaign of, of pressure points against companies. So my name is Andy Whitmore. Uh, I currently work with the London Mining Network um, as the coordinator of the Stop Mad Mining Project. Oh, excellent. Well, um, maybe to start off with, if you could just tell us a little bit about that project. Yeah, sure. Uh, the Stop Man Mining Project is a consortium project that's funded by the European Union. And its focus is really around two things. First of all, it's around ensuring that European consumers have a better understanding of where their minerals come from and the consequences they have. And then also trying to hold governments and industry to, to higher standards, basically, to improve the situation with regard to the mining industry. Mm, excellent. And this year at the BHP Billiton Annual General Meeting, you raised a question about Olympic Dam mine in Australia, as you've done in past years. Can you tell me what you uh, questioned them about and what the response was like? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. Uh, so as you mentioned, in, in the past, I've, I've managed to raise the issue of, of Olympic Dam primarily been at the request of colleagues, um, particularly this year. I think the, the key point we wanted to get over was with regard to the uh, South Australian Government's Commission of the Nuclear Fuel Cycle Royal Commission. And I think the key question really was around uh, the impact that the Royal Commission might have on Olympic Dam, um, particularly on whether the company was going to take the opportunity of the Commission to rule out hosting any future radioactive waste at the site. I mean, really, we thought it was just an opportunity to, to see if the company would make that bold move. Perhaps, unsurprisingly, the company didn't. I mean, they pointed out they were participating in the commission, um, and they pointed out that 
um, as far as they were concerned, the benefits for South Australia would, would come from, the, continues to come from the mine, including from the copper as well as the uranium. Hmm. Anything else that you wanted to add? Well, I guess just that the, the, uh, in the light of what's happened with regard to the terrible disaster in Brazil, I think it's just a key issue again. It's, it's a constant reminder, really, uh, of the dangers around um, mining particularly, but you know, even mines, large, sort of large-scale mines that PHP Billiton specialises in. I mean, they claim that uh, technology will sort everything, but of course the problem really is how much technology they're willing to pay for. And I think although it's very early days in terms of, of what caused the disaster there, the information that's coming out seems to, to clearly point to the fact that the, there had been issues raised with the dam. Um, there had been issues that the companies hadn't, it looks like they hadn't uh, dealt with. So, and again, I think it comes down, you know, that many commentators are pointing out that the key issue was that with the price of iron ore going down, there was uh, further pressure on the company both to increase the amount of iron ore they were producing and also to reduce the costs per tonne of iron ore. So I think when you have that combination of the the costs, the lowering costs, with the the potential for uh, health and safety problems, and that's yeah, that's that's really dangerous. So I just think, particularly with regard to the Olympic Dam, that does raise the question of how much um, trust you can put in companies who have this bottom line. Um, I mean, they claim that health and safety is always you know, a key priority, but. As we've learned, and as they said many times at annual general meetings we've attended, their, their prime concern is to return value to shareholders. Um, so for me, I think it raised red flags with regard to safety at all mines, and particularly in a situation where they're dealing with uranium, I think you know, it should definitely raise red flags for other people. You're listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. This show is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Our podcast can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au backslash earthmatters. We've been hearing from campaigners who attended the London Annual General Meeting of BHP Billiton last month. Now let's go to Charles Roach from the Mineral Policies Institute and Nicola Kasul from Greenpeace, who attended the Perth Annual General Meeting this Thursday, 18th of November. I'm here this morning in Perth, just outside the Convention Centre. There's about 20, maybe 25 protesters in front of me, a mixture of activists and shareholders, concerned shareholders who are really concerned about the impacts of the recent mining disaster in Brazil. And there's a number of them here that intend to ask questions today to the BHP board to find out how that mining disaster was allowed to happen. From from the Mineral Policy Institute's point of view, we are, I mean, our heart goes out to the communities in Brazil and particularly those living along the river. So far, this disaster has affected over 400 kilometres of, of community and river. Um, but what we're here for today is to remind shareholders and the BHP board that this is not an isolated incident, that BHP has a history of poor management of tailings. 
in the 1980s, it used a very shallow disposal technique on Vancouver Island in Canada, which caused massive sea pollution. In the 1990s, they started the Octetti mine in Papua New Guinea, which in, when their tailings dam failed, they just proceeded with the mine anyway and continued. And that waste continues to be dumped into the river to this very day. When BHP walked away from that mine in 2002, they were declaring that they would not be involved in any mine that used riverine tailings disposal. So one of the things we're saying to them today is, well, it's fine to say that you're not affecting rivers in that way. But really, and as we've seen in Brazil, the way they conduct their activities, the way they prioritise productivity over risk to environment and to the community, places it's almost guarantees these disasters. Mm. We saw the Mount Polly disaster in Canada last year. This looks to be 10, 20, 30 times worse than that. And the Mineral Policy Institute is concerned about where the next one is and how long is it going to take to clean up this Marco disaster. Excellent. So um, will you be asking any specific questions of them today? Yes, we'll be seeking to, to, to draw out um, their current approach. The BHP, along with other global mining companies, are in a big productivity cost-cutting phase. And this is definitely related. This is no doubt related to the, the dam failure in Brazil. There was a report that raised severe concerns, significant concerns about this dam in 2013. These seem to have been ignored by BHP. We want to know why they ignored that advice. We want to know why they continued an operation that placed communities at risk. And how are they going to guarantee that this will be cleaned up appropriately? And the cleanup for this site is, will take far more than $1 billion. And I suspect it will take decades to complete. Mm. In another few days, the toxic sludge will hit the Atlantic Ocean. And then we'll be looking at marine as well as riverine and community impacts. And we're not even sure the extent of those impacts yet. And we need a, a stronger commitment from Brazil that they're here for the long term and that no matter how long it takes or how much money it takes, they will clean this up as best they can. Another key point is to make sure that this sort of disaster does not happen again, that key procedures are put in place and a change in approach is made where the safety of communities and the environment is given the highest priority and BHP and other mines do not continue to place communities at risk by using substandard practice. So uh, today, uh, activists from Greenpeace attended the BHP Billiton AGM in Perth uh, to call for justice for the people of Mariana uh, in Brazil. So on the 5th of November, um, BHP Billiton committed one of the greatest environmental crimes in the history of Brazil. Uh, two dams at one of their mines in southeastern Brazil, uh, operated by a company called Samarco, which is owned by BHP, uh, those dams broke their banks. Um, and they flooded uh, the neighbouring region uh, with 25,000 Olympic swimming pools worth of toxic sludge. Uh, and this is including uh, heavy metals like um, arsenic and zinc. Um, 11 people are dead. Uh, many more are missing and hundreds have been displaced. And the water supply to 250,000 people along the Dose River is contaminated and completely unusable. 
so this is, uh, you know, one of the, as I said, one of the biggest environmental tragedies that has befallen Brazil in recent times. And, uh, you know, we were there at the AGM calling for justice for these people and making sure that BHP provide full compensation and clean up the mess uh, that they've made in that part of the world. Mm. And what response did you get? We were at the front, uh, and uh, there was a kind of uh, we had a lot of people there interested in, and attending. And then I went into the AGM itself and made a statement uh, to the board and um, asked some questions on behalf of the people of Brazil uh, and also um, other affected um, communities there on the ground. Um, you know, the, the board uh, listened to, to our concerns and actually. Um, went along with uh, a one-minute uh, moment of silence that, that we requested on behalf of the victims. Um, but uh, their view uh, seems to be that you know they are going to um, have an investigation and then they're sort of waiting to see what comes of that. Unfortunately, that's, that's not enough. The amount of money that they propose as compensation for the victims is nowhere near what is necessary. Um, and uh, there's actually a much bigger question here of negligence. So in 2013, uh, BHP were warned in a report that came out that these sort of dams were very dangerous and warned of exactly this kind of disaster potentially taking place, and they did nothing about it. So this is not um, something that should be surprising. In fact, uh, this was something that they knew about and did nothing about, um, and now, after the fact, they're trying to kind of make it good. Um, but much more needs to be done uh, by, by the BHP board and chairman uh, to deal with this disaster. We know that these sort of disasters, uh, to, to properly cleanup costs billions of dollars, and the company at the moment has only pledged $250 million U.S. dollars. Um, keep in mind as well just how big uh, this disaster is and how big that ecosystem is. This mm. is the main river uh, in the southeastern part of Brazil, the main river system, and hundreds of thousands of people rely on it for water and irrigation. And we have this sort of slow-motion disaster where this toxic sludge is gradually making its way down the river to the Atlantic Ocean and killing all sort of fish and wildlife on the way down. Um, it is truly horrific and requires much more than has already uh, been pledged by the company. Mm. And so what's the next step for your work in supporting communities? Greenpeace Brazil uh, is, is working with communities on the ground to document the disaster, to help with on-ground relief efforts. Um, but ultimately this is a, a political and an economic problem. Um, if companies like BHP uh, think that the amount of fines that they uh, incur when there are regulations and safety regulations that are not adhered to, then it will just become a cost of doing business and they'll incorporate that into their planning. What we need is serious penalties and full compensation for these kind of disasters. Um, to emphasize, that's not just cleaning up what's there now and, and the people that, that have died and have been injured. This is going to be a decade-long process of rehabilitation for one of uh, the most important river systems in Brazil. Um, you know, these, these heavy metals, for example, that are in the, the toxic mud, they don't just go away. Um, they'll sit there and contaminate fish and livestock and the water supply for years to come if a full uh, recovery effort isn't put into place. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Only to say um, that this is not an isolated incident. A BHP has a record of uh, negligence with these sort of dams and in these kind of mine sites. Um, some other examples include uh, the Octeti mine, which you know, 20 years ago had a very similar um, disaster with, with a poor response from the company, and many others, which uh, you know, almost too many to list. Um, so uh, I think there's um, a lot more to do, and that there is a role, for, a much stronger role for government regulation of these companies 
um, so that we, we don't have these sort of uh, tragedies happening in the future. That was Charles Roach from the Mineral Policies Institute and Nicola Kassoul from Greenpeace speaking to us about the Perth Annual General Meeting of BHP Billiton. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Michaela Stubbs. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support and the Community Radio Network for distributing this show around Australia. Thanks to all our guests on the show today and you can find links to their various campaigns on our Facebook page. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the land of the Kulin Nations. Our contact phone is 0394198377 and our email earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. Today's podcast and others like it can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au backslash earthmatters. That's all for today, but we'll be back again next week with more green news from all around the planet.